episode of Pastime Rants. This is Justin. And I'm Wes. We've got another fun episode. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL, and we still have no idea who's good and who's not. Uh-uh. I tagged you in the thing the other day that said that the 0-10-1 Detroit Lions have a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, and I also replied that we've been saying that for the entire goddamn season, and nobody pays us for our our uh, insight. We so took cool. that a long time ago. Of course, you know, it's a it's a crazy. Did you actually look at the list of things that had to happen for them to make the playoffs? Uh, no, I was really busy. It's a list of like this week, you know, like six teams, like these are the results that have to happen for this week. And then it's next week. And if one of these results don't go through, they don't make playoffs. Imagine that. So I'm pretty sure the Cowboys yesterday on Thursday Night Football beating the Saints officially eliminated the Detroit Lions from contention. And all the people in Detroit are just opening a vein. <laughs> but, at that, but that tells you how bad this season like has been as far as teams as being good. I mean, an 0-10-1 team going into Week 12 had a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, the Falcons, like if the, by some miracle, if they went on a run, they, they, they could make the playoffs. It's not going to happen, but they could. Yeah, um, it's just crazy right now. Um, every week, it seems like almost every team is like Jekyll and Hyde. Like one week, they're like blowing out good teams. The next week, they play the Jets and they lose. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm barely – I've been – I'll be honest. I've been so disinterested this season with the NFL. Because it started last season because I just had had it with Atlanta. And it, they have drove me to the NBA. So, now I just keep up with the NBA. I barely keep up with the NFL now. And there's no reason to because it's abysmal dog shit. Um, I guess we haven't talked since – Thanksgiving, all the Thanksgiving games um, with the Bears and Lions um, being the barn burner that it was, it, it ended up not being the backup quarterback in Detroit and Jared Goff did get the start. And did we talk uh, since then? I, no, because well, I don't know. because I texted you because you said that you were going to bet me a Dr. Pepper that the Lions were going to win this game. Uh, uh, a brand new Dr. Pepper. A brand new Dr. Pepper. And of course, in, in the Detroit line fashion, they lost miserably with a yeah. lead at the end of the game. If they give up a, a game-winning field goal there at the end, um, that's pretty much how they lost every game this year, yeah. which is impressive. I mean, you know what? If you're going to be good at something. I mean, really, like, they they lost by two to the Bears. They lost by three to the Browns last week. They tied the Steelers. They got killed by the Eagles. Uh, but they had a lot of close games early on the season. I mean, two-point loss to the Ravens. Ravens are good. Uh, two-point loss to the Vikings. Uh, so, I mean, they they are right there. They could have four wins right now, and now, realistically, with four wins, you're in the playoffs at this point. It's Dude, it, NFL sucks this year. Let's just go ahead and call it now. Let's just yeah. go ahead and say it. The NFL sucks this year. Um. I guess the Bengals killed the Steelers. Um, and I usually like – you watch a lot of the uh, ESPN morning shows, right? I used to. I can't now. But I, yeah. I, I would watch them for a lot, yeah. 
Um, I don't really watch a whole lot. I see a lot of like clips on Twitter and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Clark used to be a defensive back for the Steelers uh, when they won the Super Bowl back in like 2005, 2008. Um, I forget which team he was on. I think it was 2008. Anyway, um, so he knows that locker room. He knows Ben personally. Um, and he came out the other day on Twitter. I think this was either this morning or yesterday and was saying that, you know, basically Ben should take one for the team and bench himself. <laughs> and I'm going, ah, okay. Uh, but you but don't have anybody. The, the, the guys, and he was saying that. He was saying, you know, it's on the Steelers if they don't have anybody behind them. And I'm going, they don't. They don't have anybody behind them. And it is on the Steelers. He's correct. He's right. And he's right that Ben doesn't have what he used to have. That being said, Ben is still the best option to win the game for this team. Yeah. They, but, I mean, the guy, needs, that. the guy needs a uh, – he needs a talking point. He's an analyst now. So, I mean, he has to have something I, to bring to the conversation, be it right or wrong. I know, but, like, we've seen Mason Rudolph. He's played. He's played a couple weeks ago against Detroit. We tied the winless Detroit Lions with Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. We know what we have in him. Tell me if I'm wrong. It's still his best highlight is somebody beating him with a helmet. For sure. Um, <laughs> That's not good. But, I mean, uh, we know what the backup quarterbacks in this room have, and it's not good. And that Ben, even though he's not what he used to be, nowhere close. I'm not saying – I'm not trying to make an argument that Ben is good. Ben is still the best quarterback on this team. Yeah. It's not saying much, but it's true. You know what I thought? Like, immediately my weird-ass head when you said that, when you were saying that, that who who was it? What was the guy's name that said that? Ryan Clark. You when you were saying Ryan Clark said that Ben should do the right thing, and I thought you were going to say take yourself out behind the woodshed and kill yourself. Thought <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, where you were going with it. Not quite. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, he's sitting here saying that Ben should bench himself, and I, I I just don't see what that they they stand to gain from that. They're not going to win games with Mason yeah. Rudolph. It ain't going to happen. They do have a chance to make playoffs this year. It, it's not going to matter. This team's not winning a Super Bowl. Um, they have definitely got to address the quarterback position, and I think it's going to be addressed through free agency. Um, I've said that Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be the likely quarterback coming over. Uh, After he other than the Super Bowl that, this year? Maybe. Um, I think it's going to happen now. Another name it could be. It could be Russell Wilson. Russ, I, I don't know. I'm starting to think Aaron Rodgers might. Okay, just whatever. We'll get to it, I guess. Um, I, but they're bringing in a quarterback. It's going to be a veteran quarterback they're bringing over in free agency. Who that will be remains to be seen. But uh, I, I could see either Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers coming over. I think Russell Wilson's gone from Seattle. I, I hope for his like health. It, it's bad out in Seattle right now. Um, and it's not necessarily his fault. Um, he's it's had not. None of it's his fault. Yeah. I mean, he's been the the only guy on that team for a long time. Um, yeah. So I could definitely see him leaving. Um, on the other side, the Bengals, they, the Bengals look really good. Um, but, again, you can't tell if they're good or not. Last week they looked good. Because, remember, we sung their praises and they shit the bed. And then they're good yeah. again. Oh, well, they lost – Almost tripped a couple, weeks, <laughs> a couple weeks ago, they lost to the Jets, and then they got killed by the Browns. And now they're looking back to killing the Raiders and killing the Steelers. So, 
they got a big game this week with the Chargers. Um, but again, like we talked about last week, like if you said the Bengals go to the Super Bowl this year, you wouldn't be surprised. This year, but, no. But they it seem to be happen. in the middle of the pack. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you can't really say anybody's great. There's no great team this year. Yeah, there seems to be. There's no front runner right now for the AFC. Now, there's a few good teams, but there's no great team. There's no like, well, you got to stop these guys. I don't know. Yeah, and I think the are the Patriots the one seed right now. I think the Patriots might be the one seed. You texted me, tell me they're the one seed, and they're playing like a one seed. They killed Tennessee. Um, Tennessee's looked a little rough the past two weeks. Of course, that's being without Derrick Henry. I think they're still going to slide in the playoffs. It doesn't really matter where you are, really. I mean, when they get Derrick Henry back, they're a completely different team. Yeah. Um, so I think as long as they make playoffs, it don't really matter. Because they have a game plan and a, a style that it doesn't matter if you have home field advantage because they're just going to run the ball and try and beat you at defense. Yeah. I mean, they're just going to beat your face in. That's pretty much yeah. their game plan. And, and Julio's over there not doing a goddamn thing. I can't stay on the field. I don't no. think he played again. No, screw him. Screw, screw that Did guy. He play? I don't think so. Good. Because remember, before the season started, he said, "I'm gonna play all. I'm gonna play all 17 games this year." And I just, I just left comment. I was like, "Okay, let's wait on that. Let's see what happens." And he's missed about half the season. You damn I mean, right he did. So you're welcome, Tennessee. Yeah. Um, well, he's definitely not been the pickup that they were hoping he would be. But I mean, we kind of, we kind of knew that yeah, this has been the Julio Jones the past couple of years where he's. Great when he's on the field, but he's on the field fifty percent of the time. This going back all the way to two thousand seventeen. Because remember, I told you it was like the last Falcons game I got to go to was two thousand seventeen, and I'm looking looking around going, "What? Where's Julio at?" And then we look up on the thing, and we see him being escorted off because he got hurt. And I was like, "Well, imagine that shit." We finally <laughs> get to we finally get to drop all the way up here and watch him go get beat by a Bills team that wasn't good, and he's. And he's not even he's not even hobbling off the field. He's kind of jogging off the field. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, Who this man? Yeah. Another uh, the Bucks and the Colts. That was a really good game. Uh, the Bucks did win 38-31, but the Colts are still legit. Uh, the Colts gives my problems in the the playoffs. Um, yeah, they're pretty good. They got a good defense, and again, Jonathan Taylor has been a monster. Um, at this point, I mean, I don't, I don't have the odds in front of me, but like, Tom Brady has to be the odds to win MVP this year. No, no, we said that last week. We said that you know who was actually in the running, and it's Tom Brady and everybody else right now. I, I mean, they're not going to give it. They're not going to give it to Aaron Rodgers, but no, no, no. Uh, you. You could make a case for Jonathan Taylor, uh, the yards he's putting up and the touchdowns he's doing uh, yeah. for the Colts. Um, I guess he, it's still going to be hard for a running back to win MVP. Uh, I think Derrick Henry is second in yardage. He's missed like four games now and still second in yardage, if which Derrick, is crazy. If Derrick Henry hadn't got hurt, it'd be between Derrick Henry and Tom Brady. Probably. Yeah, that'd probably be it. I don't even know. At this point, I mean, Kyler Murray was up there, but he's missed three or four games now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't miss that many games and come back and win MVP. Um, 
I don't even know who else would be in the running. Stafford hasn't looked great the past three weeks or so. Um, every time they play a good team, they lose. They played the Packers last week. They lost to the Packers uh, 36-28. I think that game really wasn't close. I, I think they. I think they made a little bit of. I know you don't know. <laughs> um, it was thirty-six to seventeen. I mean, they scored a cut eleven points in the fourth quarter, made it look a little bit closer. But I mean, it was pretty much a blowout. Um. So yeah, it, it, you can't put Stafford in there. I don't think Aaron Rodgers hasn't had like a crazy season. Um, he's been good. I mean, twenty-three touchdowns, four hundred. Exceptions. He's ninth in yardage, sixth in touchdowns, third in QBR. So I mean, I, you'd have to put Aaron Rodgers in that conversation. We both know he ain't going to get it. No. no. Um. It, it's Tom Brady. You I mean, watch, there is nobody else. You watch that motherfucker. You watch that asshole get MVP, and then you watch him win a Super back-to-back Super Bowl. Then you watch me have to change my name, move to Mexico, and assume a new life. Because I can't, I can't handle that shit. I can't. Like, yeah, because you're gonna have to finally admit that Tom Brady's better than Michael Jordan. No, I mean I would have to say that he surpassed him, but he's not better than him now. Okay. No, he's not undefeated okay. in every championship he's ever played into yet. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I guess Tom Brady's got a lineup of safety, right? No, he's number two of athletes of all time. He's number two. He went to Super Bowl this year. The Super Bowls he lost, he threw 500 yards. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying he ain't he ain't playing defense either. Okay. Mike Mike's all playing right, defense. All right, Scotty. Mike's playing defense. Mike's playing both sides of that ball. You're making the same argument Scotty Pippen's making. No, I'm saying he's the goat of football players. Yes. I'll get to Scotty. You go ahead. All right. Um. There's really nothing else to talk about that week. Um, we can talk about Kirk Cousins. Um, he was having a pretty good season until with the game on the line, he lined up under his guard to take the snap. I didn't know that. Well, he malfunctioned. Yes. Like, he had a glitch in his programming. Like, we established that he's an android, and he his family's a bunch of androids. It makes more sense now. There's a glitch in his system, so he fucked up. He went to the wrong spot. He... The game was on the line. I think they ended up having to burn a timeout down close to the red zone. It may have been inside the red zone. I forget where it was. But he lined up under his guard and was going to take the snap. I think he had a rookie running back in the backfield. They had to come up and tell their uh, essentially franchise quarterback, hey, man, you're under the wrong person. <laughs> How do you get to that level and mess that up? I, he's done it before, though, too. Onset dementia? I don't know. He's dude. He's just goofy. He's a yes. That's why I said he's a robot. Like him and Zuckerberg came from the same factory. <laughs> he's throwing the. You go to Kirk Cousins' house and you tell me he doesn't talk. Go on and on about Sweet Baby Ray. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely looks like he would. He does. Uh, <laughs> Sweet Baby Ray. Someone put Sweet Baby Ray's on those ribs. Sweet Baby Ray. <laughs> That's what humans like, right? <laughs> Kirk Cousins is tied first in the league with like the least amount of interceptions right now. Twenty three touchdowns, he's in sixth place, three thousand yards. I mean, hell, I guess Kirk Cousins is the closest thing to 
in an MVP race as anybody else. And nobody's saying because he's Kirk Cousins. Yeah, that's true. Like, he's having a good season. Like, statistically, he's having a good season. I don't know. It's, it's kind of odd. It's kind of odd. When you when when you showed me that, I was like, what, really? Really? That's his stats? I like that. I, I'm just going through, like, every quarterback. I mean, Josh Allen's got 25 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. It's not exactly a MVP no. season. Um, let's see what Dak's got right now. Dak is twenty three and eight. It's about the same. Um, yeah, I don't. I it's Tom Brady's MVP to lose. That's crazy. Really is. I mean, at this age, he's about to win MVP. Is that something Michael Jordan did? Hey, he didn't have that opportunity. Like, he just I mean, didn't. Like you couldn't take care of yourself back then, like you can now. You just couldn't. Like I'm sorry, you couldn't. Like. Guys now have benefits that they don't, and plus he he played in a time where they beat the shit out of him for a decade. Tom Brady plays football. I, yeah, he plays football, but he, he really doesn't get hit. Like he gets hit, but he doesn't get destroyed every damn game. I'm not doing this again. I'm not doing this. To, I'm, like he's got to do. He's got to pull this off this year, and then I'll have the conversation. But for right now, what do you what do you mean this year? He's got like ten more years to win another Super Bowl. No, I'm saying if he wins back to back, and he wins like back to back Super Bowls is where I just kind of throw my hands up. Um, that that's just ridiculous. I think after this season, I was like, I don't know, because he's he's still human. Like, he's defying every odd there is, but he's still huge. There's no way he can keep doing this at this level for for four more years. There's no way. Yeah, but they've been saying – we've been saying this for five years, that yeah, this guy's man. not going to be around. And now he's going to win an MVP. The dude graduated with the guy <laughs> from the diabetes commercial. Like, he's he's up there, man. Like It's so I, crazy. It is nuts. He's, he's an anomaly of anomalies. Like I don't understand. Like well, I called him Benjamin Button. I, have you have you watched any of Man in the Arena yet? No, I haven't got. To, I don't have ESPN Plus. Oh well, you need to watch Man in the Arena. It's good. I know. I, I need to watch it because, like, like I said, if it's a ten part documentary and, they, and like ESPN did it or whatever, it's probably really really good. It's really good, but they're like not advertising it at all, yeah. which is weird. I figured there'd be some place where I could just buy the damn thing. But I, I mean, they, they they dropped it in the middle of the season, and it like releases on like a Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, and like there's no ads for it. There's nothing. Hey, I haven't seen a commercial for it yet. That's what I'm saying. You you think they'd be pushing this? Yeah, I have no idea. Um, um it's really good. Um, it's definitely it's going to make Tom Brady more likable, uh, which I hate, but. Uh, it is what it is. I mean, go like him or not, he's the greatest sport he's, athlete of all time. He's the greatest football player of all time. Team sport athlete he of all not, time. He's not. He's not MJ. Like MJ is not only was he the best that's ever played his sport, but he, I I can get to some stuff later. That's not to completely focused on him, but okay, whatever. When I get to it, I get to it. God damn, quit baiting me. <laughs> <laughs> Quit poking the fucking bear. Oh, I'll throw uh, this in there. I've been meaning to say this for like two weeks now, and I haven't. So, you want to know how to feel like a Division One athlete at 42 years old? Sure. 
okay, go to a regular gym for like 12 years and then switch to Planet Fitness. Yeah. <laughs> you switch to Planet Fitness after you went to a real gym for like 12 years. Dude, have you ever been in one of those and worked out in one of those? Yeah. It, it, did you max out half the machines? I mean, it's... <laughs> You, well, you can't do anything because they'll set off the alarm and, like, they'll send you to prison or something. Yeah. To be fair, all right, so my job, I travel a lot. So I got the Planet Fitness membership because they're all over the place. And I've yet to find a town that didn't have one. So, yeah, sure. you could, it's a, honestly, it's a great setup because. That every, is the pros of Planet Fitness is that they're, they're everywhere and you can just go to any one of them. Yeah, so you can just go in and just do whatever you want. Hell, they got massage chairs and all that shit, too, if you, if you want to do it. But half their machines, I got on one of them. I got on a buffer, butterfly machine. And I sat down, I was like, uh-oh. And it topped out at 175. <laughs> You're 100% going to have the alarm set off on you. I have yet to do No, I'm, I'm honestly quiet. But I haven't come. I have not been to a place yet. Where you can set the alarm off because I've seen some loud people, not really strong people, but loud people didn't set nothing off. But <laughs> if you walked into one and actually went in there and got on the bench press, they would chase you out with pitchforks and freaking torches. <laughs> they would say you're an abomination to God. And you should be ashamed of yourself. It blew my mind. I was sitting there. Not every machine's like that, but half the machines in there are like, oh shit, I'm maxing this thing out and I, I barely function. Half of me is broken. Like, Doesn't that make you feel kind of good, though? That's it, that's what, kind of the thing of Planet Fitness is going to make you feel good. Well, You're the, walking out of that place going, I'm too strong for everything in here. I, well, dude, the highest the dumbbells go is 75 pounds. And I was telling my, my co-worker, the guy... I uh, curl those. It, I'm not... Okay, whatever. So I was telling him about that. And I was like, dude, I was trying to do, you know, dumbbell presses. And they only go to 75. He goes, well, I'm sorry you're too strong. I was like, it's not <laughs> bad. I was like, I've been around monsters that, like, it's nothing for them to do 150s and shit like that. And I said, then you go here. And the place I was at last night in Cleveland, Tennessee, to be fair, it was really nice. But They're all nice. They had a freaking wall. That huge wall in this one. And it's a judgment-free zone. And then right under it was this freaking dump of a woman. <laughs> <laughs> that God bless her, she was trying. And like, it looked like she was smuggling a fridge in the front of her <laughs> yoga pants. <laughs> you're in there, you're trying, but you're also taking up the cable machines that I need. And I was uh. just looking at the, I was looking at, and I kid you not, Jeff, it was fucking huge. It was like a freaking drive in theater of a size of a sign that said this and that that freaking <laughs> that that woman was under underneath the sign on the piece of equipment I needed. I was just shaking my head going, God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so like it, it is a great idea. And it's not a bad it's not horrible. It's not a horrible gym, but I was like, you got could you go to 85? Yeah. I mean, is is that gonna is that where you guys draw the line right there is 75 pound dumbbells? And, and, and I don't know. I just I've been meaning to say that for a minute now. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Because the first week I was in there, I was like, I'm I get drafted. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> anyway, uh, I guess we can look forward to the next week. Um, like I said, we're recording this on Friday. 
Cowboys Saints game was last night. The Cowboys beat the Saints 27-17. Taysom Hill started for quarterback um, for the Saints. I think he threw like four picks or something. Uh-huh. Let me see. Let me pull that up real quick. It was four. It was four. Uh-huh. Yeah. Two touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, but he also added 11 carries for 101 yards. Uh, that is what Taysom Hill is. I saw somebody, somebody post something that Taysom Hill is like an eight-year-old controlling like Lamar Jackson and Madden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> like, like remarkably accurate. Taysom Hill is what like Lamar Jackson haters like think Lamar Jackson is. Um, yeah, I mean, we thought, you and me both thought, it was like, why don't they just give him the starting spot? Now we know why. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we know why now. I, I think we knew Jameis went. They brought Jameis Winston in for a reason, and Jameis Winston was going to be the starter. But when Jameis Jameis goes down for the injury, and Taysom finally gets healthy, and he's going to get the start, he looked like shit. Yeah. Um. He, dude, he's a great gadget player. He's great. Just give him some like touches throughout the game, whether that be like a running back running the ball, like a halfback position, uh, lining him up as like a slot receiver and stuff like that. I mean, you get him the ball, he can do some stuff, but hey, quarterback just ain't it. Not in the NFL. Yeah, I, I tried to watch. Dude, I tried to watch it because I didn't get to my hotel till like 9.30. And I go in there, and it's at La Quinta's uh, Hotels, which, by the way, are great hotels. I found that out. Um, they get uh, – they, they don't get an oh-no-ho. They get, they get a uh, solid your money's on the dresser. Um <laughs> But uh, so I, I was like trying to find something to watch while I ate my Subway sandwich. And I said, like, well, okay, Cowboys, Saints. I try to watch this piece of shit. And I watched like 15 minutes. I was like, I'll watch this Shaq reality show instead. This is, I, <laughs> I hate this shit. I fucking hate this game. Because I don't want either one of them to win. And it was, it wasn't fun to watch. So I was like, I'll watch this horrible Shaq reality show instead. And quietly yeah. ate my sandwich. <laughs> I didn't watch a whole lot of it either. I watched bits and pieces, but I didn't watch a whole lot of it. Uh, the Saints are dead. Um, yeah, if the Cowboys have just as good a shot as anyone else to win the Super Bowl at this point. Yeah, they honestly do. They really do. Uh, now they're a solid team. Um, that Micah Parsons, I saw, he's a rookie. He's got a season right now. I, I forget the stats, but. He's got like ten sacks right now, a whole bunch of tackles, and like the last person to have this many sacks and tackles in a, a season was James Harrison in two thousand eight when he won Defensive Player of the Year. That's as a rookie. Ooh. Ooh. Um, so Michael Parsons is the real deal. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, their secondary for Dallas, he's got like nine interceptions on the year. So. I mean, they got two rookies that are just like balling out over there on the on the defensive side of the ball, uh, which is what they've been lacking for years. Um, by so the way, probably... go ahead. I, I have a sneaking suspicion that at some point in James Harrison's life he did steroids. I, <laughs> I don't know, man. Really? I was making a joke, dude, but that, I know, I know that dude's in the weight room all the time. He, yeah, I mean, that was for a while. You would constantly send me clips of this dude doing just muscle shit, and he was like, "What fifty? And, and you just mean, watching yeah, it going, "Jesus Christ, that dude's strong as shit." Yeah, he's doing like dips with like four plates, like to the belt. I mean, 
He does some crazy shit, playing like volleyball with the the medicine ball that weighs like 50 pounds or something. I mean, like if Yoel Romero was a football player, he'd be James Harrison. Yeah, I mean, James Harrison's like built like him, just jack. Bigger, like a football player body, not a not a wrestler body. Yeah, just a freak. Um, Yeah. Oh, he's an absolute freak. Um. Which I guess we can get into the Sunday slate of games. We got the Ravens Steelers, which is it's a great rivalry. There's usually a very hard hitting uh, game. Uh, I think Joe Hayden's still out for the Steelers defense. T.J. Watt is still in the COVID protocol. He can test negative tomorrow, and I think he gets to play. Um, the Ravens probably kill him. Maybe. I mean, they're they're supposed to be good, but then when you think they're good, they lose. Like yeah, else. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think Pittsburgh is starting to just give up on the season. It seems like. I wish Atlanta I, would. I uh, wish they would because that's what I was sitting there talking about. Like, congratulations, you beat Jacksonville. You got every time you do that, you get a worse draft pick. Congratulations, you're going to do the same repeating cycle you do every year. God damn yeah, it. They, we can move on the uh, the Bucks and Falcons play this week, and you don't have to worry about that. I think the Bucks are probably going to win that game. You think? I ain't betting a Dr Pepper on that one. You ain't gonna take the Falcons? No, I'll um, I'll I'll bet you a Dr Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I mean the the Bucks defense is beat up. I mean they got a lot of injuries on that side of the ball. It's the Falcons, uh, Justin. It it's is the Falcons. Uh, They're the Velcro shoes of the league at this point. But they are ten and a half point favorites. The Bucks are ten and a half point favorites. The Falcons oh. are at home. I, I would bet on the Falcons to at least cover in this game. Oh no, most definitely. It's, it's not going to be a blowout. But they, they keep they, it close. They keep it close, and it's at home. I mean, I feel like you in the NFL. If you're betting against the home dog, I bet a whole bunch of money's on the Bucks right now. Yep. Um, they're probably going to make sure this game goes to the Falcons. Uh-huh. At least in the spread. Um, yeah, that's what I'm it, saying. They're not going to win, but there's somebody on a telephone saying, "Hey, you better keep it close or say goodbye to Judy." The uh, next game is Cardinals Bears. Uh, Cardinals are still nine and two right now, um, coming off winning against the Seahawks. Um, I think Kyler's going to come back this week. Kyler and uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So Bears probably don't stand a chance in this game. You wouldn't think so. Like I mean, Cardinals are one of the few teams that they're 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 good. Yeah, yeah, they are. They've been I playing good with Colt McCoy quarterback. I want to call them great, but I, you can't call anybody great. You can't. They've got they've got a couple bad. Who they lose to? They lost to the Panthers. They got killed by the Panthers. Um, but that was with Colt McCoy starting. Um, and they lost to the Packers. I mean, they've got one bad loss on the year. So I mean. Cardinals might be the best team record-wise. That reminds um, me. Did Cam get benched again? Yeah, Cam had a brutal game last week. Jesus Christ. Cam had a brutal game. He was like six of 19 in like four interceptions or something. I'm, it was brutal. Um, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Um, probably the game of the week is going to be the Chargers and Bengals. Um, which is just weird that that came out of your mouth. 
I mean, really, the Chargers. I haven't looked ahead. Let me see. No, you're right. I'm just saying. Is Ooh, that- Patriots Bills on Monday Night Football. That's good. That's a good game. Yeah. But Chargers Bengals, as far as Sunday go, that's that's probably the best game. Um, Justin Herbert versus Joe Burrow. I hope this is on TV. Uh, it should be. You watch it. It should be. be yeah. It probably won't be. It probably the Bucks and Falcons will be on TV, and yep. they'll probably put the Cardinals and Bears or some shit like that. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Do they play at night or do they play during the day? No, it's a twelve o'clock game. Oh, um, you can get Falcons uh, Bucks. Falcons Bucks definitely be on TV, but. This should be a good game. Justin Herbert versus Joe Burrow. I mean, it's kind of one of those. It's a game with two young quarterbacks that are going to be future stars, I'd say. Um, This is pretty much, this is going to be the Chargers season. If the Chargers don't win in this game, it's probably likely over. Um, Yeah, like we were talking about panic button. uh, Who should hit a panic button and then. I sent you a lovely gift of a dog <laughs> when he comes to the Rams. You slam that panic button. Yeah, um, definitely. On the Rams, I mean, they have not beat a good team all year long since they, they beat the Bucks, And then they every loss they have is against good teams. Uh, it's against teams that we're probably going to see in the playoffs. So it's definitely time to panic on the Rams. Uh, they've got the Jags this week. So, I mean, they should at least get a win there. Uh, that's not saying much. No. Uh, Giants, Dolphins, who cares? Game doesn't matter. Vikings, Lions, who cares? Vikings should win. Uh, Eagles, Jets, who cares? This is just a lot of bad games. Colts, Texans. You know that's uh, been a recurring thing every week, right, is that most of the games suck. Pretty much, yeah. There's like because two, this- three games that are good. This season sucks. Well, this season, this week, it's like teams are like the fringe playoff teams are playing terrible teams, but that, that the terrible teams probably win. You don't, yeah, who knows? Yeah, the Lions might beat the Vikings this week. I, I hope they do. Like, nothing against the Vikings. I just, I, I don't know. I don't want to see anybody go winless. Definitely oh, Saints. I mean, I, you know. Yeah, let them again. I'm gonna have to shit on Detroit again. I don't care if they go with us. Yeah, you know, you shit on the actual people in the city, which blew my mind. It's like you actually. Well, they're not good people. Hello. Hold on. (laughs) Just everybody lost their mind just now. All right, but this is what you get with a live show. But again, like I, I shit on the people of Detroit, but they're not good people. No, they're they don't not. deserve they're not. nice things. And I apologize for the outburst just then, but my dogs thought they saw a monster. No, no. <laughs> I love, I loved it when you just you shit all over the people of Detroit for no goddamn reason. I'm sure they're nice people somewhere in Detroit. I don't think a lot of people have ever met them. <laughs> they stay inside where it's safe, and that's just how they live. So, like, everything you know about Detroit is the Detroit from RoboCop? No, just 8 Mile. Oh, just eight, oh you base yeah. everything on 8 Mile? Yes. That mm-hmm. is a Detroit. Yeah. I don't know. I think you could base everything you know about people from Detroit if you combine RoboCop and 8 Mile, and then somewhere in the middle you get the truth. 
that's a movie that should be combined. Yeah. They, Marshall Mathers should be dropping just flames, just hot fire, and RoboCop comes in there and starts just lighting people up <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> there is no battle rap competition that's safe as long as RoboCop's on the street. They're like, you did not have a permit to have a concert in here. And he just... <laughs> Last I check, you didn't, you didn't register those hot rhymes. <laughs> I heard you were spitting fire. That's a that's a that's a hazard. Yeah. Um let's see 49ers Seahawks, Broncos Chiefs. Broncos are six and five. Um but Kansas City's been playing a whole lot better. Um Yeah, it don't nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense. And then you got the Patriots Bills on Monday Night Football. That should be a pretty good game. Um, Patriots have surpassed the Bills for first in the division. Um, I, I think we expected Mac Jones to be good. I didn't think we expected him to be have this much success so soon. Yeah, no, as a freaking rookie. Yeah, he's uh he's got them playing good. So that should be an interesting game. Um, and that does it for NFL. What you is, got? It is odd. How good he's playing. So, I mean, is, is he? I'm sure he's good, but do you think really took to that system and he's benefiting from the system? Oh, he's he's the perfect quarterback for that system, but I think he's also very good. I, yeah, I think it's a mixture of both. Sure. I think Mac Jones is much more talented than Tom Brady is. What? I'm saying when. Tom Brady came into the league. Oh, when he was a rookie. At this point of like their careers, if you say Tom Brady's like rookie year to Mac Jones, it's not close. Yeah. Mac Jones is That's much fair. better quarterback at this point in his career than Tom Brady was. And to clarify, you're not saying he's better than Tom Brady. You're just saying no, comparing no. A rookie season to rookie I'm season. I'm saying that Mac Jones has all the talent in the world to be a great quarterback. Oh no, the sky's the limit with that kid. Yeah. Like it's it's really odd. I hope he doesn't fall off. I hope the league doesn't figure him out. But uh, yeah, the sky's the limit for that kid. Yeah, it is. Um, so that does it for the NFL. But uh, we've got a very special segment that you are going to uh, take the lead on. You have been look listening to a new book. I have. And uh, because we just will not let the Scotty Pippen uh, dog lie, like I'm going to beat that dead horse to the ground. And like you said, past couple of weeks, actually, you were saying that you have to read the book now. To be and fair, like, yes, you had to read the book. You had to. Yeah. So I got the audio book and I started uh, listening to it on the way to uh, Georgia uh, Tuesday morning. And, and Scotty um, Pippen is narrating the book, right? Yeah. Oh God, no. Uh, the guy that's <laughs> narrating it isn't great either, though. Like the way he's doing it, I was like, God damn, dude, I'm, dude, shit, you suck. But it would be straight comedy if Scotty Pippen was reading this entire book. Yeah, and you would probably unload a revolver in your head at some point, <laughs> um, just to make it stop. Like if you gave somebody a choice and say, "Hey, you could either have an infected wisdom tooth or listen to all of Scotty Pippen narrate his own book." There's a lot of people going to pick that wisdom tooth. Because uh, you don't think it's going to be a big deal until about chapter five. And then you're like thinking about ending your life. 
So no, I was, I was. When did I listen to that? Sometime Tuesday, I listened to it, and I texted you, and I said, well, "I've got this segment too now." The usual, just anchor, uh, just shutting off. Um, I think what happens is like I'm go- trying to go through like the ESPN app. If I get to anything that has a video on it, it just shuts off. Yeah, it. it screw you, anchor. So what was the last thing you heard me say? Uh, you were talking about chapter five of uh, the book. Okay. Uh, so if I'm repeating myself, I apologize. Shoot me. But the, yeah, chapter five, whatever. But the, the title, I texted you. I said, the title of this week's episode, I said, I think I know it. It's Scotty Pippen's trying to kill me. <laughs> because, yeah, okay, so you didn't hear that. Scotty so, yeah, Pippen is out to get you. So he's out, no, he wants me dead. Because yeah. uh, I'm listening to the first three chapters going to Georgia, and I'm nodding off on the interstate going, oh, my God, I don't care about your fucking family. I don't care. <laughs> like, he had a shit roll of the dice when it came to his family. All right, let's just go ahead and knock that out of the way. Like, he had his, one of his brothers was an invalid um, that they basically, I mean, he, he tells it. I'm not exaggerating about everybody in the family had to take turns wiping his ass. Like, it's in the book. It's in there. I was like, gee, golly, thanks for telling me that. Then his dad, you know, went through some shit and had to be taken care of and all that crap. And he's talking about his mom and his grandma and all that. And they're, you know, his mom was so strong, you know, with 12, I, I want to say 12 people in the family, but maybe it's 12 kids. And I was thinking, was like, ah, maybe you should have stopped at five. I don't, I'm just saying, maybe you should have stopped at five. Um, but that's whatever. The first three chapters of that book, the prologue is decent because he just shits on Jordan for about 30 mm-hmm. minutes. <laughs> um, and a lot of the quotes that you're hearing going around is the very beginning of the book, but then you know chapters one through three is you know him, him his family in high school and how he just left his wife because he loved basketball too much. Again, I'm not making that up. <laughs> he goes, he goes, I loved her, but I had another love, and that was basketball. <laughs> and I was like, Are you fucking kidding me, Scotty? Did you just say you left your wife because you love basketball too much? Hey, ball is life, man. Well, I mean, it's that's one thing. It, one never. I know that's something Michael Jordan doesn't know anything about. I swear to God, that's one thing that that I am starting to learn is that one of Scotty's biggest problems is he he thinks about Scotty, and you would think he that that wouldn't be the case because he took bad contracts and all that shit. But he's I don't know. So basically, what I'm doing is I'm reviewing the first half of the book. So I'm halfway through it. And as the book goes on, it gets more entertaining. It actually does. If you're a fan of that era, if you're a fan of the Bulls, if you're a fan of the Dream Team, if you're a fan, fan of that, so if you're a fan of a guy just absolutely shitting on people, then you're going to love this shit. Um, <laughs> because there's people he shits on that I hadn't heard of, have heard about yet. Like, right off the bat, he shits on John Paxson. And I was like, uh-oh, okay, here we go. And uh, he said that before the, is before the last dance or after the last dance, it had to do with the last dance. He goes, I get a text from Michael. Michael wants to talk. And he goes, Michael don't ever text me. And when he does, I get by, get back in a timely fashion, but it's not my first priority. And he's like talking to, basically he's saying Mike was like buttering him, buttering him up or whatever because he knew what was coming. And then he goes, John Paxson sends me a text. And I ain't heard from Paxson forever. And he's talking about John Paxson because John Paxson's worked with the Bulls ever since he retired. And, man, he just shit on John Paxson. He just absolutely, like, he said the man called him and cried. Like, 
He said the guy called him after the last dance and was crying to him. Who knows if he's telling the truth or not, but he shits on John Paxson. All because John Paxson. He goes, um, I like the fact that he told me that, but it's way past the point of forgiveness for me. Because he's basically saying, like, the Bulls gave him, like, gimme jobs so that he could just be, like, a remnant of the, their glory days. So they would just bring him out to events and stuff to represent the Bulls, but they wouldn't give him a job. And I'm like, are you getting paid? It's like to quote Richard Pryor, are you getting paid? You shut your mouth and have a coat. You know? <laughs> but, so, so is Scotty upset that he doesn't have this position with the Bulls? I think that's what he's getting at. I honestly do. It's like, because he won't come out. That, that's the thing with this book. A lot of this stuff is he won't come right out and say some things. But that's where that one in particular is exactly what that is. Is that I, he won't say it. But that's exactly what that is. Is he's like, and my, the way I took it was, why did Pax get this job and I didn't? And so maybe because maybe Pax was better <laughs> than you were when it came to this particular thing. When do you think this all started? Like the whole Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen feud. Like, has this been brewing for a long time and the, the last dance just set it off? I think it's been in the – when you're listening to this stuff, I think it was in the back of his head the entire time. But, if Michael if Michael never existed, he's not a person at all. Is Scottie Pippen like the dude? No. Like in Chicago, he would have been yeah. the dude, dude. He would have been the dude in Chicago, but maybe they would have won one championship, maybe. But he wouldn't be like. I don't think Scottie would have ever been like. All right, it, so I'm trying to remember highlights of this. One of them that you would like was when he starts talking about the first time that they played against the Pistons. And he was talking about Bill and Beer. And he goes, Bill and Beer was a monster. And he goes, the, the the wise man that said, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Well, he never met fucking Bill and Beer. That's <laughs> 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 what he said. And, uh, you know, he's, he's talking about, you know, as he came up as a rookie and as he came up, you know, when he actually gets when he starts talking about the NBA, it gets more interesting. And he's talking about like he that you think Mike don't like Isaiah, dude. Scotty Pippen hates that motherfucker. Like <laughs> it keeps it gets brought back up. Like he talks about them, then he talks about the dream team. That gets brought up, and he brings it up again. He's like that dude shoved me in the back for no reason. <laughs> like <laughs> this is it throughout the whole goddamn book. He goes, I ran into him at a fundraiser one time. I wouldn't even look at him. He tried to talk to me, and I walked away. And I was like, you put that in your book. <laughs> like, so, yeah, no, Scotty hates Isaiah Thomas. He hates him more than anybody, I think. But um, but he talks about when he was coming up in the league, and he says there was one stretch of one game where he went, where he missed 18 of, 18 of 19 free throws. And so Ben Simmons. He, yeah. And okay. when, when he explained it, he goes, the press didn't, and he hates the press. And he goes, what the press wanted to leave out when I said I couldn't get in my rhythm, he blamed Michael Jordan for the reason why he missed 18 free throws. And he said, I never got to touch the ball, so I never could get in my rhythm. And I'm like, but it's free throws. What rhythm is there for free? I get playing the game. And he must have got the best statistician ever on this book because there's no fucking way this dude I swear to God every other sense comes out of his mouth because well in that game I had 13 points 17 rebounds and I fucked your mom like every fucking game 
This dude spouting goes, and I had a triple double, but did they talk about that? No, they talked about mine. And I swear to God, that's the whole book is like him. Like there'll be good stories, but him quoting stats from every fucking game and then saying why the press, like, cause what was it, 92? He was saying that he was having such a good season because I was having an MVP season, but of course they weren't going to give it to me. They gave it to Mike again, and I finished ninth. And I'm like, God damn, dude, what the fuck? Like, you're talking about Prime Jordan, and you're thinking you're going to get the MVP. Like, everything he did does wrong, he blamed somebody else. And, and then, but then he'll swap it up, and he'll give credit. Like, he'll give Jordan credit. Like, half of it, he's giving them credit, and the other half, he's just got to give them you know, he's like stabbing, you know, with a little dagger. He's all over the place. I'll give you an example. Like of this dude not understanding how things work. And it blows my mind that you've been in around this for this long. And you don't understand how things work. The 91 finals Bulls versus Lakers. And he's talking about like he, he wanted this because he grew up loving Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. And he goes, and they're acting like Jordan's going to be guarding Magic. And I'm going to be the one guarding Magic. In the first game, Jordan guarded him, and Magic was Magic or whatever. And then he said, after the second game, I guarded him, and then it was over. And he said, yeah, probably. That probably had something to do with it. But he goes, every freaking um, reporter out there was saying, Jordan versus Magic, Jordan versus Magic. And he goes, the way the game should be is Lakers versus Bulls is a team game. And I'm like, that doesn't get people to watch. That does not get people to buy tickets. They want – people want – a headline. They want a. Um, uh, they want superstars. They want like Magic Johnson's the, the superstar. This guy's taking you know going to be taking the, the mantle or whatever. That's what he doesn't understand that that's the reason why every team needs a superstar to sell tickets. You think that people are going to see the Grizzlies just because the Grizzlies? No, they're going for that one guy. Yeah, that's why they're going. Um, he, he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't understand the basic idea of of how the NBA makes money. He doesn't get it. And like well, in basketball, you need a superstar. You have to. Like because if you don't have the superstar, like nobody's showing up. No, no. He didn't it's painful how much he doesn't get this. Um but then when he gets to the dream team, that was actually really interesting to listen to that because uh he shit all over Clyde Drexler. <laughs> Like he just he shit all over Clyde Drexler because they had beat the Blazers that year and got a title, and he was talking about everybody on the team. You know, we you know if we would have had a couple, and I think he's right on this. If we would have had a couple more weeks to practice and gel as a team, it would have been just ridiculous. Because he goes, we were beating teams by seventy, and we barely were playing together. And I think he's right. Um, but he goes, there's one guy that was trying to make a name for himself and show out, and that's Clyde Drexler. And he goes, I think it was because of he held the, um, the, the, the finals personal. Like, he said he wouldn't really talk to Mike or Scotty. He would, like, duck his head and walk away from him. He wasn't the team player. And just pr- proceeded to just shit on him. And because I'll quote this, too. And he goes, I just wanted to go up to him every day and say, Clyde. The only crime you ever committed was you're not Michael Jordan, but nobody is. <laughs> it's what he said to, about Clyde Drexler. Add Clyde Drexler to the list or whatever. Um, so where I'm at right now is they're they're going for their three P or whatever. And it, the book's interesting, but it's 
it's him giving you stat lines and then he'll compliment people. Like he even compliments Krause in there. Like he goes, I hate, he doesn't say I hate that man, but he goes, when I say it's personal with Jerry, um, I can't stress that enough that it's personal because he, he gives a little bit more detail about the two coach deal. He goes, because I don't know how far they went into in the last dance, but he's talking about, he goes in a little more detail about, it. he goes, I'm waiting on my contract. And they said, we're going to have it done by December. And it's December and I'm still waiting. But Jerry was on a plane to Croatia to watch Tony. And then he finds out that there was a, um, they give him a deal. And the reason why they gave him the deal at that particular time was if they did it then, then whenever Tony left the European league, they would have the cap room to sign Tony and give Tony whatever he wanted. So, you know, the two Jerry's like, there's no getting around it. They were dirty. They were dirty as shit. Because say what you want to about Scotty, Scotty deserved to get paid. Um, and I'm just thinking of stuff in my head. You know who the real villain is, though? Who he really threw under the bus, kind of? Who? Horace Grant. He, man, it starts out as him and Horace were really good buddies and all this stuff. And Horace was the guy. And I'd, I'd heard this. And like, if, you, if you're into it, you kind of hear it, is that Horace was the guy that, if you think Scotty's jealous, boy, boy, howdy, you have no idea. It was Horace Grant was the one that was the big jealous guy. Because I think he took it personal that he didn't get on Dream Team. I think he, he took it pers- personal that he didn't make as many All-Star games. Um, the first few years of his contract, he he really was severe. Like one year, the second or third season, he was making like $720,000 a year. And mm. Yeah. And I think it was just before they won a championship. And like Scotty was making 800000 thousand. He was the sixth highest player, paid player on the team. Um and he starts naming, he's like Reggie Miller. He gave an example like Reggie Miller. When he re-upped his contract, he went from 500-something thousand to a million dollars a year. And I would put Scotty up there at Reggie Miller level all day. You know, d- different, you know, uh, abilities, but as far as talent, yeah. Uh, but Horace, man, he tried to defend Horace and say Horace wasn't the one that leaked all the shit for the Jordan rules. I'm sorry. Oh, he gives a conspiracy theory, Justin. Oh, he gives a conspiracy theory in this book. Okay, so that reminds me. So when he was talking about um, the Jordan rules, and he goes, "Everybody, you know, MJ was saying that Horace gave all the information." I think Horace did, but whatever. He goes, he starts naming people that could have done it. He goes, and another one would have been Jerry Krause. And I perked up in my car. I was like, "Okay, where are you going with this?" And I like it because you and me both, we like a good conspiracy uh, theory. Sure. His conspiracy theory was Jerry Krause was like notoriously tight lipped when it came to the press and shit like that. Like, even when, like, when they were going to draft Scotty, he, Scotty knew where he was going before the draft. So you can see footage of when the Supersonics draft him and they come up and they go, Hey, what do you think about playing with so and so, so and so, and so and so? And he's like, I'm looking forward to it. And he goes, I had to act like I didn't know because they told him before the draft, they said, we made a deal to trade for you. And he goes, you know, what me and Jerry, you know, the way I thought about Jerry will never change, but he goes, I'll, I'll give credit where credit to do. He's a really, really good general manager. He's really smart when it came to getting talent. So he would give him credit. His deal was when the, when the Bulls won the first championship, and we all know this from watching it, is that Jerry Krause pretty much had a 
a really bad inferiority complex. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so when they won a championship, everybody's like, it's Mike and Scotty, Phil Jackson, it's this, it's that. And he goes, nobody was giving Jerry Krause credit. And he goes, I think Jerry Krause is the one that was feeding all this information. And he goes, if you think, because, you know, Phil Jackson said that he had like 20 passages in the book highlighted. And he made him sit down and go, where do you think this came from? He goes, I think he was acting. I, th- I think he was just playing like he didn't know, but I think he's the one that gave up all this information because he wanted to take Jordan down a notch. But it blew up in his face because you have the most beloved athlete on the planet and everybody's trying to knock him down and the public just loved him more. And I was like, wow, you think Jerry Crack is now kind of want to believe that's true. I kind of want to believe Jerry Krause just threw everybody under the bus. I think it's horrible, uh, but if you, I mean, that would make sense. I mean, it's not crazy. It's it's really not. But I mean, he's the first person I've heard say that. And I'm like, damn, that could be true. It's not bad. That's pretty good. I kind of like that one. Is that Jerry acted dumb, like he didn't know nothing about it, and then and it was him doing it the whole time. That'd be kind of cool, but um, no, like I said, I'm halfway through the book, and it's kind of what I thought it was going to be. There's like little highlights here and there, but it's, it's basically a grown ass man being jealous. That's what sure. it is. It's a grown ass man being jealous, like, and just just mad. He's just angry, like, like bad. Like I'm sitting there, dude. You got six rings. You got six goddamn rings, dude. And, like, he talks about the migraine game and, like, how people still give him, like, people still come to me and say, do I have a headache right now? <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ, dude. I mean, maybe you did have a headache, but I don't know. He doesn't I just do- love to see people in public just walking up to Scotty Pippen asking if he has a headache. <sighs> That's so mean. <laughs> so <laughs> mean. But, the, dude, he, like, he goes back and forth because he's not a complete asshole in this book. But I think he's trying to at points, I think he's trying to look like the good guy, and then then he'll go right back to just being a bitter asshole. Like it, it really all just comes down to recognition. I mean, right? I mean, it, it seems like he just wants the Bulls to like give him that position that he gave the Paxton. I think I think that I think that does have something to do with it. Is that he thinks the Bulls like? He, I do I do agree. I think it's. That's not a huge part of the book, but I do think that he took that personal is that they gave Paxson all this. So, but granted, Paxson retired a long time before Scotty did. And but yeah. I think he thought that that should have been him. Um, there was one more thing he said. There's one point in the book I had, I almost stopped my car and I was like, what the fuck did you just say? And he goes, when the, when, not, don't, I'm misquoting, but I'm getting the idea of what he said. It was something along the lines of, he goes, as far as those Bulls teams go, I was as I was as valuable a player to those teams as Michael Jordan was. And I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, buddy, you, okay, like you were essential, but you think that you were on the same level as that guy? Like, okay, okay. like I think he honestly believes that at least one season he should get an MVP. And guess who his best friend on the Dream Team was. Uh, who? Carl Malone. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm listening to it, and he goes, "We had a wait." I, I say it as Scotty, but the guy reading it isn't much better. Um, his voice is easier to listen to, but he goes, um, "You know, because Larry Bird became like really good friends with Patrick Ewing." And he goes, the guy I bonded the most with was Carl Malone because we have so much in common. We both came from a small southern town. We both came from big families. And I was like, and you both like were with underage girls? Where are you going with this? <laughs> like, like, how much stuff did you have in common here? Uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't regret listening to it, but uh, if anybody wants to know, once he starts talking about his family, high school and college, just skip all that shit. Just skip yeah. that shit because I mean, may you know, we we established I'm an asshole, um, but I don't well, care. I don't. I don't. I, I really don't. Like, I want to hear about game stories. I don't want to hear about where you came from, dude. Yeah, well, I mean, people definitely people are not listening to this book for that. I think, uh, and they went over that a little bit in the the last dance when they went over Scotty Pippen. I think, right. They did, and it, it just, like stuffs keep popping in my head. One thing I've learned from this is one of Scotty's biggest problems, and really, and he doesn't even know it, but that really hurt him uh, by the way that he thinks of other people. Is he says in the book, he goes, "My best friends are my family," and he goes, "I never try to prove myself or get anybody to like me because he was talking about I forget who he was talking about. But he's like that guy went out of his way to be Jordan's buddy." And what he's telling her, like, no, I think he just wanted to be friends with his teammate. Like, I don't think he was going out of his way to suck up to what you just told me, if that's true. That wasn't sucking up. That was him just hanging out with the guy. So Jordan, in the last dance, they said he bought him, when he was a rookie, bought him a set of Wilson golf clubs. And then they said in the last dance, he says, well, you know, people think he's being friendly, but he just wanted to take a shot of his money. Scotty even says it. He goes, maybe if I would have used those clubs and played with him, we'd have been closer. But he said that. He goes, I never cared if Michael Jordan liked me. And he says that about other people that I didn't like. He didn't, it wasn't his priority to be friends with his teammates. And I think that's that, that pretty much sums up why Scotty has this view of this victim is that yeah. I think Scotty was hard to be around. That's what I'm getting from this. It seems like he was just selfish. And like you said, it was kind of just all about Scotty and pretty it's much. still that way. Pretty much, unless you were his family, it was all about Scotty, and that is what this book. And it is remarkable when you're on team with Michael Jordan, and you might be the most selfish person. <laughs> it's absolutely, he throws Doug Collins under the bus. Like he goes, Doug Collins was in love with MJ. Like he goes, it was uncomfortable at times because he would like be hard on the entire team. He would scream at the entire team, but then he'd go to Mike, going, "What do you think we should do tonight?" And like he he shit on Doug Collins because he goes a coach shouldn't be acting like that running up and down you know the court like that and when he'd go in the back he he like his suit would be soaked in sweat and I'm like yeah, okay I'm not saying he was Phil Jackson nobody's gonna say that but he cared like <laughs> he was passionate about what he did and you're shitting on him for it because he thought of a one like his system was the opposite of Phil Jackson's system like it was a one man offense and all that shit. Um, he said that they would stage stuff so the cameras were around. Like, um, he said the whole when you know they said that Mike stormed off the court because Doug said the score was something and it wasn't what it was. And he goes, then the cameras just happened to be there when they kissed and made up. And he goes, I couldn't believe he kissed him on the cheek. I thought it was weird to be part to be honest with you. 
And I'm like, oh, God damn. But yes, that is what I'm getting at, is that unless it was his family, he, in this book, comes off as a self-centered asshole on a team with the most egotistical man that ever lived, <laughs> which is kind of mind-blowing. <laughs> but that's where all this is coming from. He just Because any other team, he probably would have been the man. Would sure. he have been successful? Probably not. But um, he he just happened to be on the team of the best player they ever played, and he can't handle that. Well, it almost seems like a – what's well, a good uh, – I, I guess if you're going to equate it to football, it's almost like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady playing at the same time. If Peyton Manning played in an era where there's no Tom Brady, oh, uh, oh. He, he wins – uh, probably just as many Super Bowls as Brady has. Easy. And he's the dude. But because Brady was there and Brady was the dude, Peyton Manning, although people will still say incorrectly that he's the GOAT, um, he was but amazing. people will, oh yeah, Peyton Manning's one of the greatest to ever do it, but he played at the same time as Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Or well, it's, I guess, like, it's like Cormier and John Jones. Yeah, or golf with like Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. Yeah, it's just, yeah, you just—it's just bad timing, really. I mean, if those dudes were around when the other one wasn't, though, you're the guy, and everybody talks about you, and you win way more championships. But because you played in the era with that dude, you just didn't. But in this scenario, he was on the same team. Yeah, but yeah, it really is like if you start analyzing like what he's saying and what he's regurgitating, and and he keeps going back and forth. I think it was back and forth on some points because I thought they skipped chapters. I was like, what the fuck am I? Oh, it's still because it's literally the same line. Like, he'll say it and it's on chapter four and then on like chapter eight. He'll say it again to the point that I thought my, you know, my, my phone messed up. But yeah, I mean, it all comes down to the guys. He, 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 he's the only six foot seven guy I've ever said in the history of the world with small man complex. <laughs> I mean that sums up the whole thing. So like, but it's 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 good. Like I'm I'm looking forward to finishing it. When I finish it, I'll give a number two review, quote unquote. But I have feeling it's gonna be the same shit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I really curious. Right. I'm really curious when it comes to um the uh, the '96 season. I'm curious to how much credit he takes for that, and I'm curious about the the '98 season. And then I'm hoping that he sinks a battleship at the end of the boat. Like I'm hoping, because if there was any big bombshell, we've already heard about it by now. But I'm hoping he slips something in there, and I'm like, oh shit, he actually did. He actually like questioned if Jesus Christ is real. Like <laughs> I'm hoping he just slips something in there like that. But uh, yeah, it's not bad. It's what you think it's going to be, but it's it, it's entertaining in the worst way. Yeah. It's entertaining like a tabloid, I guess, would be the best way that I can describe it to you. It was like if Paul McCartney just wrote a book about it, he's like, John Lennon was an asshole. Fuck that guy. <laughs> like, that's what this book would be. It's like, you know, Paul McCartney was just completely uh, emasculated by by John Lennon, and he just wrote a book about it. He, he goes, I told him to write that song. <laughs> that was my song. He stole it. Like that's what this would be. Yeah. But uh, I'm doing that so everybody else doesn't have to. I will. We appreciate you. You're welcome. 
I got one thing to go over real quick at the end of this, and I know this isn't going to pertain to you, but it's college football related. Okay. Um, you don't watch a whole lot of college football, but this is one of the most fascinating times of the year for college football. As soon as the regular season ends and we get into like championship weeks and bowl games and shit like that, the coaching carousel just kicks up. Everybody is changing jobs. People are leaving. People are quitting. People are going. People are getting fired. They're going to the NFL, and like all these coaches start moving around. Um, and this year, Jesus Christ, like it got off to a bang quick. Um, Oklahoma uh, is one of the, a big time football program. Um, Lincoln Riley is a, a big name head coach. Uh, they. We're talking about him possibly going to LSU. Uh, they're talking about him, which is, of course, everybody was talking about because it's in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a big-time football program. I mean, Oklahoma is a big-time football program as well. But So there's all these rumors going around that Lincoln Riley, he's going to go to LSU um, and all this. So I think it's interesting because in college football, like – these football coaches recruit you to come to this city. I mean, these guys from all over the country to come to, you know, Oklahoma or, or Alabama or whatever. And then these dudes just like cut bait and run. <laughs> like they just leave you. <laughs> because like he came out the other day that in the, the coaching, as soon as somebody gets fired, as soon as a big time program fires a coach and there's an opening, the rumors start circulating. Everybody's going to get asked about the LSU job. Anybody who's a big name coach is going to get asked about it. I thought it was pretty funny. Mike Tomlin got asked about a couple uh, college football gigs. Did I tag you in any of that? No. Well, Mike Tomlin, they asked him, I think about the Notre Dame or USC job or something like that. And he was just like, you're asking an NFL head coach if he for the Pittsburgh Steelers if he's going to go co- coach at USC. Like, are you out of your mind? Like, why would you even ask that? No, like, so, of course, they asked Oklahoma, they asked Lincoln Riley, they, you know, Oklahoma just signed uh, with Texas to come to the SEC in, like, 2025. So, they're going to join the SEC at some point uh, in the future. Uh, so, Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma would join the SEC at some point. Uh, so, after the, uh, or before the Big 12, uh, before Oklahoma played Oklahoma State rivalry week, uh, they asked Lincoln Riley, hey, like the LSU job is available. Like, are you thinking about going to LSU? Like, there's some rumors about you leaving. And he said, I am at Oklahoma. I, I'm not going to LSU. Like, that's an absolute no. They lose to Oklahoma State. The next day, he signs on to be the new head coach at USC. <laughs> absolute dick. They, so, you are, so, they all hear that. He came out and said, you know, I, I am at Oklahoma and this is where I want to be. I'm not going to LSU. Kudos to him because he didn't lie because the next morning he said, I'm getting on this plane to Southern California. I'm out of here. <laughs> See? Yeah. That, and then, I mean, it does. It sucks for these college kids because, like, you came to play for, like, that dude and now, like, they're gone. And the transfer rules have been a little bit more lax. Like, dudes can transfer a whole lot easier now and go and play and not have to sit out a year. But mm-hmm. still, to recruit these kids to come to Norman, Oklahoma, and then you're just like, "See ya." Um, Dirty. It's shit. pretty crazy. Um, but like the the contract that USC offered him was insane. Um, 
they came and they said that like they were on, he was building a house in Oklahoma. They built, bought the house for like 500,000 over asking. Uh, they bought him a new house, whatever he wanted in Southern California. Um, just a ridiculous amount of money. Um, and then the other one was Notre Dame head coach, Brian Kelly uh, is now the new head coach at LSU. Um, okay. So he left Notre Dame, which is another premier football program to come to LSU. Um, and so he came in, he sent a text to his players. News had already broke. I mean, you can't keep anything a secret nowadays. So he sent out a text to his players said, Hey, you know, meet me at the football complex at seven o'clock in the morning for a, a team meeting or whatever. And so Brian Kelly shows up the next morning, seven o'clock. He walks in there, uh, you know, says, I wanted to let y'all know I'm, I'm leaving. Uh, I've enjoyed coaching you. Like this has been like one of the greatest times of my life. You know, all the same, same shit, same spill they all give. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gives this speech. He gets these, all these football players up there at seven o'clock in the morning. He gives a speech for about five minutes and he says, all right, y'all like have a good one and leaves and gets on a plane, goes to LSU. <laughs> what a piece of shit. Yes. So they're all like, dude, what the fuck? Like, really? Like, you just woke us up at 7 o'clock in the morning. We came up to the football facility for you to give a five-minute speech and just be like, all right, appreciate it. Like, I enjoyed coaching y'all. Bye. (laughs) Got on a plane. He went down to LSU. He gets down there, and they start – obviously, they start cutting promos, and they're doing videos and shit with Brian Kelly. Uh, He goes to the basketball game. Dude, I I know you don't know who Brian Kelly is. He does not have a southern accent. Uh, he did when he got up there in the basketball game. Wow. <laughs> he got up there. He's like, this is I, my family. We're just really excited to be down here in LSU. Uh, he started talking like Garth Brooks almost. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, dude, where the fuck did this accent come from? Like, this is really weird. Um uh, but I thought it was funny, you know, he he, he talks to their name and tells him, you know, what I, I really enjoy coaching y'all. Y'all are the best. Like, he goes to LSU and they do their like introductory press conference or whatever with the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he gets up there and he goes, I came here because I wanted to coach the greatest college football players in the country. And I'm like, dude, you, ju- you literally just left Notre Dame where you told them, hey, you're the best. Like, I'm coming down here to LSU because you're the best. It's just like. College football coaches, sleazy scumbags. Oh, yeah. They've always been that way. Like, the oh, yeah. freaking, when Petrino left the Falcons, and like the entire time, he was like, his motto was like, don't quit, don't quit. And then there was a freaking, on the team locker, uh, locker room, there was a freaking memo him saying he left. And the next morning, like, all the players are turning on ESPN. And he's in Arkansas doing pig suey. Yeah, <laughs> with four four games left to go in the season, and the whole time you know he was preaching "Don't quit, don't quit." And four games, he didn't even finish the season, and he's yeah. at Arkansas. Yeah, freaking uh, college coaches are just—they're—they're they're pieces of shit. Like they'll let you grind on them though on camera, <laughs> but other than uh, that, they're pieces of shit. <laughs> again, it's great. It's crazy that you get these kids to sign on scholarships, and again, it used to be a lot. Uh, more strict as far as like the transfer rules and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. dudes couldn't transfer. If you transferred to another school, you had to sit out for a year. You couldn't Damn. play. Uh, so you're basically wasting a year. And that's kind of changed. But yeah, these college coaches will bring you in and they'll just say, see ya. 
I'm out of here. A ruthless. Uh, well, it's a definitely a ruthless business, but it's some crazy money too. These, yeah. these head coaches. I mean, I think his contract, Ryan Kelly's contract to LSU, with all the incentives and whatnot, like he can earn up like fifteen million dollars a year um, as a college football coach. Which I, I, I want to say Nick Saban's only like nine. Oh, he'll, he'll, he'll go higher because I think Nick Saban's contract is like he can – if there's a college coach that gets paid more than him, he can challenge it. I don't know I'm sure. And, and, well, they'll pay Nick Saban whatever the hell he wants. They'll give him newborn or, babies. like Or somebody <laughs> will. No, no, somebody – he's going to get paid. There's just no getting around it. Let's see. Look at his salary real quick. Yeah, $10 million per season. So – which I'm sure he has some incentives to, uh, which he probably he hits a whole lot. Um, he just gets to yell at anybody he wants to at any time. Like he can yell at police officers and they have to take it. Oh, for sure. in Tuscaloosa for sure. Yeah, he just yells at just random people if he feels like it and can get away with it. Oh, he does whatever he wants. Oh, or whoever uh, he wants. Like I don't know. But yeah, I just want to touch on that uh, real quick. Just like. This time of the year, like everybody is on like plane watch. Like if a plane takes off from Oklahoma and then goes to Louisiana, like people are like start freaking out. People are like, holy shit, Lincoln probably's coming to LSU. <laughs> That's a real thing that like people are watching like plane travel. Well, but it sounds like they have to. Yeah, I mean they don't have a choice. They gotta watch that shit. Yeah. Uh, you never know who's gonna go where. That's pretty funny though. Um, but that's all I got on that. Uh, you got anything else, Dad? Uh, no, that's it. All right. Well, that'll do it for us. The next, hopefully, next week I'll have the book finished and I can pretty much just regurgitate the same shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we look forward to it. Uh, I'm glad you're taking that down so that none of us have to. I'm a martyr, like (laughs) not unlike you know the ones of legends, but you know, I chose this because I did this for the people. And they appreciate it. I hope so. All right. Well, that'll do it for us. Thanks for listening. Bye.